0: One thing that has been dying is the shoe shine guy. Those just don't exist anymore, but you can still find them in airports a lot of times. Unfortunately, I'm like never wearing the right pair of shoes because I enjoy a good shoe shine. So this past week, I was in the airport. Perfect, I'm wearing the right shoes. I'm going to get a shoe shine. You look up on the sign, and it shoes are like six or eight bucks, right? So by the time you get up there, he's like, all right, be 15 minutes and $20. Sound good? And you're like, wait a minute, what? It's like, I felt like I was at like a carnival all of a sudden. Like I just got hustled by the shoeshine guy at the airport. I can't tell you how many times I heard about the high-end polish.
1: Welcome.
0: Welcome to episode 111. That's all ones, triple ones of Touchpoint. I am Reed Smith, joined by Chris Boyer. Hey, Reed. How's it going? So triple ones, that's worth something in Yahtzee, isn't it? So really, you want five ones would be ideal. So we still got a little ways to go, like by the magnitude of like 10,000 episodes or something but to get to five ones. Yeah, triple ones. So it's like make a wish or something. Or buy a lottery ticket or something. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, we certainly appreciate the support, the listenership. And all the feedback, more on that later, however, uh, the feedback, that is. Uh, but touchpoint.health is the website. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might be listening. Super helpful. And uh, we've had a lot of new episodes of a lot of shows come out here recently, so be sure to go out and check those out. Health Fail is the newest one. Appreciate all the listeners. So today is something a little bit different. Uh, It's actually going to be a two-parter. This week is part one. Next Wednesday will be part two. Uh, We are starting this off with understanding and choosing the right key performance indicator or KPI. And then next week, we'll dig a a little bit deeper on ROI specifically as a KPI, right? Both of these episodes, I'm on the
2: edge of my seat. Love this topic. You know how much I I love to do this. The ukulele is right there by the
0: by the ready. <laughs> I happened across that YouTube video the other day, matter of fact, <laughs> that I did. It's like something that's still on like my personal YouTube channel. That's awesome. Uh, if, you, if you could call it a YouTube channel. But in any case, uh, maybe we'll post that in the show notes as well. Before we uh, dive in uh, too deep or talk about this too much further, uh, maybe let's take just a brief pause and hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
1: Using powerful AI-driven algorithms loyal's guide helps patients along every step of their journey from choosing a doctor and finding the nearest location to signing up for an event or clinical trial whether you are using guides chatbot live chat or the powerful combination of both loyal's engaging platform integrates seamlessly into your system maximizes efficiency and improves patients digital experience to learn more or schedule a demo Visit them online at loyalhealth.com forward slash demo. That is loyalhealth.com forward slash demo.
2: Reid, you and I were talking about uh, this two parter show, and really it, it was kind of timely because if you recall, recently we went through the Greystone State of Digital Survey. Where a big part of when we were kind of covering all of the things in that survey, we focused in on KPIs and the state of KPIs in healthcare marketing today.
0: It's funny, I'm actually looking at the Greystone study, which is the fourth annual. We talked more about that and linked to it, but it, we'll, we'll link to it again in, in the show notes if you'd like to download it for yourself. There is an entire slide. the digital key perform these are digital, of course, digital key performance indicators. But what, one of the things that's interesting on the slide itself is says that there's no significant change from 2017. Right, which is fine, I guess. Well, fine. I don't know if it's fine or not. But anyway, people are are struggling or not sure on how to evolve the way that they're showing success, is what that tells me. In looking at, you know, the KPIs that are listed, while they're not necessarily, you know, anything wrong with them. Just the stuff that is more business or financial related are are all towards the bottom.
2: Again, no substantial change, which means we're flatlining in terms of an industry around how are we going to measure the success of what we do? It can't always be by page views. Other organizations or other industries we hear a lot are actually way far advanced than us in terms of measuring the financial return on their results or their marketing efforts. And so it really puts a lot of pressure on us. And I know recently I was talking with uh, my peer who works with me. Uh, She's a marketing director. And we're kind of going through a lot of her planning for some of the campaigns that she's doing. And she just looked at me and she says, you know how hard it is for me to every time try to get to that financial ROI of our marketing campaigns? Because not everything is designed to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you have to? Do you have to actually get to the ROI? Uh, and when I say ROI, I, I do mean the actual financial metric. Do you have to get there?
2: And that's exactly the, the question that she had, right? Do you have to? And, you know, me being a purist, of course, I wanted to say, well, everything has an ROI. In fact, I have said that before. But is the KPI of ROI, because ROI is a KPI, if that's confusing. It's a lot of letters. Is ROI really the true and only KPI or key performance indicator of your marketing efforts? It led me to start to think a little bit more about that. And of course, the answer is not always. Like, for example, if you're going out there and you're going to be promoting a new brand, how are you measuring the ROI of your brand promotion?
0: And I guess, too, this goes back to the bigger question of, of defining what success looks like before you get started versus figuring out on the back end. And I don't mean that specific to the marketing director that, that you referenced. I just mm-hmm. mean in general, you know, I don't know that we've done a very good job as an industry before we set out and do and spend money and actually create and execute. I'm not sure we've done a very good job of defining what success looks like and making sure that everybody's on board with with that and understanding that success metric.
2: It probably is good for us to maybe orient ourselves around key performance uh, indicators, metrics themselves, and really take a deeper dive into making sure that we actually understand if those are the success me- metrics that we should be using, and how ROI fits into that. I found an, uh, a survey that was done recently, actually at the end of last year, by a company called, and I don't know how to pronounce their name, but I'm going to let you try first. X A X I S.
0: Is that uh, Zax Zaxis? No, that's that's like a chicken restaurant here in the South, I think. <laughs> no, that's Zaxby's. Sorry, that um, was close. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea how you say that.
2: X-axis, I think, is how I read it. Probably one of those clever names that they put together. But anyway, they surveyed more than 5,000 marketers across multiple industries around the world about how they are measuring the value of their digital media investments. I thought that would be interesting for us to see, because we hear we're behind the times. Really, how far behind the times are we than other industries?
0: I think it'd be kind of telling to some degree relative to how the different industries shake out. It says here that more than half or 51% of marketing
2: professionals in the IT and telecommunications field said their primary metric was very effective in, in measuring the success of their efforts. So more than half of the people that work in IT or telecom feel that the way they're measuring is actually showing the success of what they do. But then it slowly starts to drop from there. 46% of people working in sales, media, and marketing said that their metrics were effective. 41% of marketers that work in human resources and the arts and culture industries call their primary metrics very effective. We've gone from IT people, you know, tech people, to people that work in arts and culture, which are at 41%. 41% still isn't that bad, but would you believe that Healthcare is behind that, behind arts and culture?
0: Yes, yes, I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that that IT and telecommunications is at 51%. I'm curious of what they're actually measuring. But in any case, that, that seems like an odd one to be at the top. You would think sales, which is lumped together with media and marketing, um, would be higher than, than what you see it to be. But yeah, it shows that healthcare specifically, well, finance is at 36 legal 37 but healthcare at 34%.
2: That aligns with kind of the confidence rating that Greystone found in their recent study, right? Is that we're not really measuring effectively our ROI. I think that that came through with how people feel confident about their CRM.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's a definite confidence issue with the interoperability and tying some of those things back together from a technological standpoint. I think what's interesting, too, is just the... In this doc, in this um, report, they're talking about you know increased difficulty. So, kind of the flip side, I guess, of that same metric, but the increased difficulty of evaluating media spend. It follows a similar trajectory, I guess, which is kind of strange, uh, a little bit. But healthcare is at twenty nine percent. So, you know, twenty nine percent. So, I guess, what was at thirty four? Think that it is effective. Uh, And 29% are are having having an issue. So pretty easily, that's a third and a third. So there's another third that don't know where they stand, I guess. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh,
2: Maybe they just opted out. They're not even sure how their measurement is working. mm -hmm. (laughs) The study is really interesting. We're going to link to it in the show notes. But the most used digital metric to evaluate digital spend was cost per acquisition, CPA. 20% of respondents cited that as their primary metric. Followed closely by was the cost per completed view, which I didn't know that was an acronym, CPCV. That's, I guess, for videos, right? Cost per click and click-through rate.
0: Click-through rate, certainly. I mean, it's still there. Another interesting You know, staff that you see in here, and I think this is somewhat telling is that 64% of the folks that they talk to rely on external partners to develop those digital metrics and KPIs. So, again, there still is that uh, hurdle or, you know, some level of lack of understanding, or at least that, you know, feel like the majority of the folks, two thirds of them, need or want at least some external help around that. So, Mm -hmm. I think we'll see some of those metrics you just mentioned probably evolve, I would assume.
2: And what's interesting, too, there was a, there's a whole section here about change drivers. And they asked, how likely were people, if, if a better metric came around, how likely would you be to switch to measure that better metric? And there's a high degree of people that actually are ready to pick a better metric once they find it. They're just waiting
0: for it to come around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, are you guys effective? Absolutely. Would you like to know a better way to do it? Absolutely. <laughs> Which I mean I guess is not a it's not a bad attitude. It's not a knock I don't guess. You want people in charge and doing uh, and executing that they're constantly striving to find a better, more efficient, more effective way to to do everything, you know, and measurement would be one of those. So I mean that's not that's not a bad thing I wouldn't guess. No. I don't think so at all. And, you know, we know
2: that as tools evolve and things become much more sophisticated in the digital space, particularly, we're, we're getting many, and many metrics that we can actually, you know, use to actually start to measure things like cost per completed view and other things like that. We're getting more sophisticated in how we measure. But yet a majority of the survey respondents said that they still agree that evaluating digital media spend has become more difficult over the past five years. Even though we've gotten better numbers, it's become harder.
0: It's interesting because it, you do still end up with a certain level of folks that just don't want to, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not that they don't want to do it. Well, maybe they don't want to do it. I, I don't know. But but one of the things that they're talking about in here is that they interviewed folks. Would you want to work with an outcome-driven media partner to achieve marketing and business objectives? So do you want to work with somebody in the media field that, you know, I guess is from a metric standpoint, outcome-driven. Well, 9% said no. What? Like, what what is that even, like, how is that even possible? Like, I don't even understand, like, what, why? What are you talking about? So we are still kind of evolving as well as our thought process in the way that we're doing things. And I think it's not that they don't want to work with an outcome-driven organization or individuals. It's just they have a way they do things now and either they're not getting questioned about it or they feel like it's effective and it's like, look, just don't rock the boat. Like, We're just going to keep going with what we have, at least for now.
2: Or in the case of my organization where everybody's really trying to measure financial return and there's just so many gaps in the data to get there and they're just beating themselves up and they get to the point where they're just like, I can't measure this, you know, they stop. And I think that kind of is a natural segue here, Reed, for us to talk a little bit about what key performance indicators actually are, and why and how you could be using them. And I found this article from sites that kind of does a really good job kind of breaking it apart. We've heard of key performance indicators. We know what those are. I think, you know, in our mind what they are. And you probably also heard the term metrics. What do you think the difference are between those two? Metrics versus key performance indicators.
0: Ooh, I guess semantics to some degree, it, well, it depends on who you ask, I guess. I, I think there are a lot of metrics, certainly, out there that people use. I think KPIs, at least in my mind, are identified as uh, ways that we're going to measure the success of an initiative or, or an execution of some sort. Uh, there, but there may be a lot of other metrics. So it's like, look, I, you know, w- we, we want to measure new new appointments. Well, I mean, there's, there's other metrics in and around that, you know, that are not that. Uh, They're part of that campaign, but not that particular metric, I guess.
2: Metrics and KPIs do measure success of solutions or, or activities or campaigns or whatever. But metrics are used to measure different aspects of activity at a specific point in time. KPIs, on the other hand, embody strategic objectives and measure performance against a specific target. Things that are very much directional in nature. KPIs are the detailed specifications that are used to track towards those business objectives. All KPIs are metrics, but not all metrics are KPIs. Mm. You know, if you think about like measuring time on a page, that's a metric, right? But is that a KPI? It depends. If time on a page is something that's going to lead you to determine a specific strategic objective or
0: measurement. This is kind of like all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Is that is that what we're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. I think I said that right. No, it, it does make sense because I think for those that have been longtime listeners may remember an episode we did on ROI Two years ago, year and a half ago, at this point, I don't really remember. With uh, Olivier Blanchard was the guest, and it, um, you know, he has written a book called "Social Media ROI" that came out some years ago. And I think what's interesting is, is if you really get in and kind of dig into that book, it, it holds up even to today, even though a lot of the metrics themselves have changed and it's specific to social media. I think there's a lot in here that I think is still very relevant you know, to our measurement efforts. I think one thing that's interesting is when he starts talking about you know some of the best practices per, for performance measurement. One of the things that, that he points out, and I think kind of goes back to this idea of metrics versus KPIs, is to maintain a list of everything that you can measure. If you can't measure it, you, you can't manage it, or at least it's really hard to, right? So I think keeping that list, which I think is, I think that's an interesting idea, um, quite honestly, with a spreadsheet or however you want to do it, of like, here's everything that we could measure, not that you are measuring, that you could measure. And then I think past that is then when you get into, okay, well, what should we be measuring and kind of where those things overlap is, you know, probably where you find your KPIs. This is where we get into interoperability and we start talking about different technologies to say, uh, it's like, well, what do we want to measure? Well, we'd like to measure new appointments. And if everybody goes, well, there's no way to do that. Okay, well, that's a problem.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Blue Spire, a full-service digital marketing agency focused on complex and highly regulated industries of healthcare, senior living, and financial services. Rapid changes in the healthcare industry are causing consumers to seek out trusted advice, demand more transparency, and access to information and content, With over 30 years of healthcare experience, Blue Spire knows how to help you reach, communicate with, and gain trust from these consumers. We help you engage with the right content at every touch point. From the first symptom search to appointment scheduling through care management. Visit us at bluespiremarketing.com to learn how we can help you deliver relevant, engaging content through ever-changing touch points that matter.
2: So, before the break, you were talking about, you had some ideas around KPIs. When I think about KPIs, I always think of them as being directional, right? They focus in on something that we want to measure. Mm. And the article I was referring to before listed out a number of KPIs. I'm wondering if uh, maybe we want to go through those just really quickly. Just talk high level about the different types of KPIs. And then you said you had some thoughts. Maybe we could sprinkle those thoughts in as we go through this list. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I like the way, honestly, I like the way they've kind of segmented this and whether you segment yours this way or, or something, I think, it's an, I think it's something to consider. So if you go back to that idea of like, what can you measure? Well, I mean, obviously you'd want to try to group those together in some way that makes it a little easier to digest. And so, for example, project management KPIs, we all do projects. You know, it's just whether or not you you formalize that in some sort of a project management process, I guess. So you thought something like cost of get work getting done, you know, milestones made, missed, that kind of thing, estimated time of completion, cost of managing the process, etc. You know, those would be KPIs relative to you know the project management portion of our jobs. They have a breakdown of a variety of different
2: types of uh, things, like so. For example, financial performance. I hear this a lot, right? Ibitda. EBITDA is a big measurement. And what, do you remember what EBITDA stands for, what the abbreviation is?
0: Yeah, income before uh, interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So that's a really great KPI from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Another
2: one could be like your debt equity ratio. That's another one from a financial perspective that uh, sometimes these are operating margins. Uh, you know, we talk about that a lot. But when you get down to other types of things, it, it maybe becomes a little bit more nuanced,
0: right? It does. And if you think about like the financial performance, okay, well, I think it's worth sitting down with the CFO or the controller or, you know, whoever within your organization where you can have a conversation of what are their KPIs? Cause I think that's an interesting to understand. Okay, well, what are they measuring? You know, what are they basing their performance off of? And you can start kind of getting these ideas at that point of like, okay, well, here's how I should structure what I'm doing then so they can understand better you know, what I'm doing, how we're performing, you know, and those types of things. Because if not, they're going to put their own sense of perception on that. It's always good to understand how other people are measuring their success. So you
2: can align your marketing and communications goals to align with their success. Because that's the whole point, right? Um, When you talk to a service line, they're going to talk to you about, well, what we want to do is we want to grow patient volume. Okay, so that's their success, right? That's their KPI for their whatever they're going to be doing. They may be launching a new business or they may be hiring a new doctor and they want to grow their panels. Well, you really want to align your marketing goals to that activity. Other types of marketing activities could really be about branding. We, we just, we're just coming out with this new program. We just want people to be aware of it. We want our other referring providers to be aware of it. Well, then you align now your KPI towards that success metric. It's not to say that ROI metrics may not they may be important to this, but they may not be the primary KPI. They may be like the secondary KPI.
0: That's right. And so, you know, the specific types of KPIs I think are important because any number of these, all of these, one of these, you know, could be part of how you're reporting out. Right. So you have first and foremost you have quantitative, uh, which is a number. You know, I mean, that's you know, like how many, <laughs> right? But it's it's going to be it's going to be represented with a number. Uh, How many people filled out a form, you know, potentially, or, you know, something along those lines called a phone number, etc.
2: Related to that are the qualitative indicators. And those are KPIs that are hard to be presented as a number. I'm struggling, actually, with an example. Do you have an example of a qualitative indicator? I don't know that it can't be presented as a number, although it does say that, doesn't it? Maybe we'll ask our listeners to kind of let us know of a qualitative indicator that you might be tracking that can't be
0: tracked by a number. The next two are leading and lagging indicators.
2: Have you heard that term before?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, the leading indicator obviously is some sort of a predictive metric, right? Like that you know you know what the outcome may be, or it's, it's a good indication that you know, a certain outcome is going to happen. A lagging indicator, it presents
2: the success or failure after it happens. I I think a lot about like when you're measuring star ratings of your reviews, are those a lagging indicator? They're presenting the failure or the success of the event after it happened?
0: That's a good showcase of the qualitative piece as well. Uh, Those verbatims that are there. We're still going to aggregate those in some way, right? And that's how you get to the star rating or you get to some sort of a uh, perception. But I think that's the qualitative piece uh, a little bit as well, um, even from an adoption standpoint. Another one is is input indicators. You know, Those measure the amount of resources consumed during the generation of an outcome. Probably not one we measure in healthcare or in healthcare marketing at least as much.
2: I'll give a good example. It includes this input indicator in the next one. We have an inbox where if people want to change something on our website, they just send it to web edits. And so what we measure is how long it takes to actually solve the question that they have. Some of them are really easy. Like you have to change, you know, this word is misspelled or the address is changed or my my maiden name is now, you know, I got married, changed the last name of my name or, or something like that. But others can be a little bit difficult. They may present something. So what we try to do is we try to measure The amount of effort it takes to solve that problem, and we call it like we do like a low, medium, and high ranking, and that's really purely uh, you know based on the person that's solving that problem, on the amount of resources and time. The other thing that it also can indicate or measure is process indicator. If we have a process to solve that particular question that might come in or that thing that we need to solve updating a physician bio yet it still takes a long time the process indicator is a good kpi to measure the efficiency of that process that we have in place and with us uh, updating a physician bio is probably one of the most hardest things for us to do as, as a web team and it's because our process is not working and so by measuring it we were able to determine that and now we're starting to fix that problem
0: you know the next one that they have listed here is a uh, output indicator. You know these reflect obviously the outcome or the result of, you know, whatever the process or activity may have been. You also have the practical
2: indicators, those that interfere with the existing company processes. What are those things that are impacting and potentially negatively impacting the way you're doing your work? And that's a practical indicator. Those might be a little bit hard to measure because Typically, when you're measuring the work that you do, you're specifically measuring the work that's being done to understand what's impacting the success of that work is probably in something that you're not really tracking unless you're being mindful about it.
0: Uh, Another one they have listed here, this is something we probably use uh, quite a bit, actually, as a directional indicator. Is it getting better or not? You know, so we like stoplight reports, for example. You know, green's good. Yellow is somewhere in the middle. Uh, or maybe you need some attention and red's bad or you have little arrows up and down, things like that, especially as we report things. Uh, but directional indicators uh, obviously help digest the data. And actionable indicators related to that are, are
2: used to determine if an organization is sufficiently able to control or affect uh, some of the changes. Maybe you put a process in place. And you use actionable indicators to whether to see if that process is now driving you towards that overall change, right? For example, you you start to implement better SEO policies on your website, and suddenly your website's starting to show up more often in the search results or higher in the search results. Those are good actionable indicators to say, this is a good result of our process in a larger way.
0: Finally is uh, the financial indicator. So, I mean, this is obviously... (laughs) <laughs> what what we what we what we all want to get to right which is uh how much money do we make or how much did we save by doing this thing
2: yeah very interesting that you know of the one' see how many 12 or so uh kpis that are here financial indicators are only
0: one of them does that surprise you yes and no I i guess i mean if you think about all the things that you can measure then i guess no it doesn't but if you start thinking about, if I think about it relative to KPIs, then yeah, probably it should be a higher percentage of the overall list, right?
2: Well, why is it that, I mean, that we feel that ROI should be so high, in our overall um, judgment of how we're measuring things, I mean, from all the things we've been hearing now, it's like people are struggling with measuring stuff. There are many different ways that you can actually measure the effectiveness of what you do. What is it with us that but really focus in on ROI and make it such a high priority? Is it back to that CFO? Is that CFO causing us in the marketing suite a lot of grief?
0: I don't know. Are they? I mean, I'm not. I'm not in a marketing department anymore of a of a hospital, so everything I can go off of is, I guess, somewhat anecdotal. But um, I mean, certainly, I'm sure there are some out there that are very concerned with how much money is being spent by the marketing department and what are we getting for that. But I don't know that all that they're even in that case looking specifically at ROI. Are they, or is it just? a broader sense of value.
2: Well, now we're going to go deep into ROI and the different ways we're actually measuring ROI in next week's episode. But I'm going to tell you this from my perspective, I have a feeling that, that there's a little bit of inflation in the value and worth of financial ROI, uh, within an organization. And it might be because a, we're, we're starting to measure things better. So the more we can measure, I think that maybe we as marketers feel like it's more important for us to start to measure towards that ROI, right? Towards how much money we can actually bring into the organization. The other part of it though, is, is I think that we go to all these conferences and we hear about, you know, these very few instances in which they were able to measure ROI very effectively and we walk away probably going, we need to be like everybody else. These people are measuring our financial ROI. What's going on? Why can't we do it? And then we start running after it.
0: I think, too, in recent years, to kind of go back to the whole CRM scenario, is we've been sold this idea, We, quote, unquote, I'm using air quotes. We've been sold this idea that um, you know technology will allow us to better measure and in turn show the ROI of our efforts, right? That's the narrative. Therefore, we have spent an inordinate amount of money to show that we can spend money correctly. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. ba- basically, is what what what's going on? Um, and I'm not saying we should not have CRMs. Believe me, that's that's not all what I'm saying. But I think we're, we're now we've in some cases written a ca- written written a check we can't cash in this idea that like hey. Organization, if we spend a whole bunch of money on technology, we can do X, Y, and Z. And now we're having a hard time doing X, Y, and Z. And that's when you see that confidence score going down. And so I think we, we've just kind of gotten ourselves into this place where really, I think all the organization really wants to know and understand is that we're good stewards of the money that we're given. And that we're providing value in and of the efforts that we are undertaking. Now, some of those obviously are financial. Some of them are not. Uh, some of them are, are generating dollars. Some of them are saving dollars, even on the financial side. When you when you kind of break that part of it down, so I think we need to you know maybe reset a little bit around just you know what the expectation is. And I'm not sure, quite honestly, that a lot of people have had that conversation. With uh, whether it's their CFO, their CEO, or you know the, the organization as a whole of what is value, what is valued, and you know how can we work together to best you know showcase what it is that we're doing, and um, you know show the value that we're providing the organization.
2: Certainly, we're not suggesting here that you shouldn't be measuring your your efforts, oh, no. right?
0: Oh, All right. No.
2: Uh, or that that we're we're not suggesting that you shouldn't try to see how your how your efforts are actually leading to financial results within your organization but i mean i i, I again it's like one of those one of those things it's like maybe a like you said read a false expectation we're about to launch a big crm we're just at the beginning stages of launching a crm and i don't know how many people in our organization are probably thinking oh well once the crm stood up immediately we're going to start to measure financial return of everything that we do. And even at that point, I don't think you can. Even if all the systems are tied together, it's going to be very notoriously hard to track it all the way down. That's a false ex- expectation, right, that we have.
0: Let's pause here for a second and let's you know think about what we're doing, you know, how we need to measure it. And again, I think a lot of it is goal setting, um, if not the majority of it. It's just having conversations up front about, that's fine. We can do this thing. But after we've done it, how do we know that, that it was successful? And just getting people to answer that question over and over again. And if the answer is, listen, politically, we just need to do this thing. So go do it. Well, fine. As long as everybody understands that's what's happening. But if it's, well, we need, to ra- we need more, you know, this practice, that group, this service line, that doctor, whatever it is, uh, needs more patience. Okay, well hang on then. Okay, so the KPI then is what percent of more patients? If if we can't measure that, then let's, you know, let's be honest about what we can do and what we can't do. Anyway, just I think having more of those conversations, I think, you know, will get us get us to a little better place. I hundred
2: percent agree with you. It's really about taking a pause and looking back at what your overall goal that you're trying to achieve with whatever that effort might be. And then determining the best KPIs to measure against that particular type of goal. That's the best thing. By the way, Reed, speaking of taking a pause, why don't we take a pause here, listen to one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
1: Are you struggling with online reputation management? Binary Health Analytics provides healthcare systems, hospitals, and physician practices a complete view into managing patient feedback from online ratings and reviews, and especially surveys. It continuously mines feedback for sediment uncovering timely and actionable insights. Its management tools help turn these insights into an opportunity to increase patient engagement, manage reputation, and improve patient experience. To learn more about binary health analytics, visit Binary Fountain Online at binaryfountain.com that is binaryfountain.com
0: all right, so we're going to try something a little uh, a little different because, again, this is a two-part episode, and so be sure to tune in for the second half of this conversation. Next week, we'll include our expert interview, and we thought it'd be nice. We've had several uh, great comments come through via LinkedIn, Twitter, different places over the last few weeks, but specifically, we wanted to call attention to some around our email marketing episode that we did Oh, a couple of episodes
2: back. Yeah, episode uh, 109. So I guess that would be two episodes ago. The email marketing one that you and I were both surprised that we didn't do an email episode until episode 109. A lot of our listeners kind of provided us some feedback about it. A lot of likes, a lot of comments. But specifically, you had one kind of pulled up. Actually, when I posted it on my on my LinkedIn, two people responded to it. And the first person was uh, our good friend uh, James Gardner. Uh, we see him at every one of our conferences. He's out there. He's one of our one of our strong listeners out there. He's maybe running in contention for being top fan of this year. Watch out, Mitch. <laughs> he said every marketer should be building and maintaining a house email list, social media, and other pay to play channels are akin to rented land, and are not where you want to build your house.
0: I think that's a great point. We certainly could wake up tomorrow and are at the the mercy of whatever Martin Zuckerberg decides to do next, right, with Facebook. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, that's that's the that's the way it goes. So I, I don't know that you can really complain about that. That's the reality of those uh, third-party or shared platforms. Another great uh, piece of feedback, same episode, Mitch Holdwick actually shared uh, when Touchpoint pushed out uh, this, that particular email marketing episode, he actually shared it on his LinkedIn and had a quote uh, in there that he pulled out from Constant Contact, it says, uh, and for those who aren't familiar, Constant Contact's an email uh, marketing platform, but it says, uh, people are two times more likely to sign up for emails rather than interacting with your company on Facebook his words that blew his mind. Honestly, though, I don't find that that surprising.
2: Yeah. At the time that we brought that up, we both were like, wait, whoa, like it kind of blew our minds a little bit. But then as we thought about it, you know, I mean, email is probably one of the easiest and earliest ways that we were able to personalize communication with people that follow with us. It sunk in after a while. And I was like, yeah,
0: no, duh. Yeah, of course. Right email is more engaging and i will say uh, i really wasn't planning on doing this but i'll throw this in while we're while we're here because of this, uh, you know, you and I obviously are involved with the Mayo Clinic Social Media Network. And for those that are not, you should go check it out. You can sign up for a free, free account at socialmedia.mayoclinic.org. Anyway, there's some great discussion boards and things like that. And one of them I started was I, I simply asked a question about who does email marketing well. That turned into a whole thing that actually turned into an impromptu phone call. I facilitated a conversation of just having... Like what are people doing? How are you measuring the effectiveness? You know, what is that? And just some tips and tricks and stuff kind of got thrown around. Anyway, to a point that the 30 minutes went by really fast and we've now set up a part two, I guess, of that. So again, if email marketing is something that that is really, you know, hot on your mind I and mean, you want some more information or like to jump on that call, again, if you're part of the Mayo Clinic social media network, you should be able to find that. Uh, just look on the discussion board. It's a it's a thread around email marketing. It should be pretty easy to find. It's one of the more you know more recent ones. Uh, if not, uh, email Chris or I or ping us. We can certainly figure out how to get you information on becoming part of the social media network at Mayo.
2: We want to wrap up this with one more comment that someone left on LinkedIn. A person I used to work with before. She was living down in Nashville. I was here in Minneapolis. Kate Caverno. She is now recently moved to Minneapolis and is working for an agency called Morse code. They're a digital agency. She wrote this after hearing the episode on uh, email marketing. She said, we recently got an RFP that focuses on email marketing over any other format or platform. Which was a little underwhelming from a creative standpoint, <laughs> but it was actually refreshing that they want to tap into the audience they've cultivated already, rather than force a conversation and audience to engage somewhere else, like Facebook. Hearing you say that folks would rather receive informational brand content through email than social media only affirms that direction. What a great show. So Kate's awesome. And I've been talking with her about having someone from her organization or her, her, herself on our show um, to learn a little bit more because Morse Code is doing some interesting things as well. But
0: there you go. When you're in a creative digital agency, sometimes email, it's just slow and steady, right? Slow and steady wins the race. So continue to provide us some feedback. We're, we're going to start highlighting more of that as, as uh, weeks go by, months go by. And uh, we'd love to, to feature any feedback that you may have for us or ideas or tips. And if you like the listener feedback portion of the program, let us know that as well so we can figure out how we may want to integrate that on a more regular basis.
1: At Healthgrades, Better Health gets a head start. They help millions of consumers each month to find and schedule appointments with their provider of choice. With their scheduling solutions and advanced analytics applications, they partner with more than 500 hospitals across the country to cultivate new patient relationships improve patient access, and build customer loyalty. To learn more, visit them online at healthgrades.com. That is healthgrades.com.
0: All right, wrapping up part one next week be sure to tune in if you enjoyed this talking about KPIs next week we're going to talk about ROI as a KPI and uh, really kind of dig more into that I know we touched on it some today but next week we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper and then of course have the expert interview that uh, I know will be uh, will be great and you'll enjoy so we appreciate you tuning in
2: like I said, Reed, when we started the show, this is like near and dear to my heart. It's something I think about maybe too much, um, but you know, uh, measurement is you know it's the other half of my job. I'm the director of digital and analytics, so there you go. And boy, we didn't even talk about analytics yet, but whatever, we'll get to that <laughs> next week. <laughs> uh, Reed, we're starting to think about the next conference season this spring, and so where are some places we're going to be at
0: coming up? So we will be uh, at HMPS in May, which you can learn more about at healthcarestrategy.com. Uh, that's always a great conference. Really enjoy uh, being a part of that and going to that and look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, so that's probably that's probably the next one. And then there'll be some things as we creep through the summer and even into the fall. Uh, even some stuff in the planning process that I think folks listening might be interested in. So more to come on that. I actually think of two things. And so as soon as I can talk about them we will talk about them here so
2: to learn more just keep your eye out on our website at touchpoint.health where you can go out to uh, learn a little bit more about us what we're doing also find out about all the other great shows that are coming we have a new show that's about to launch and definitely want you guys to listen and subscribe to that one called health fail but I do want to call out another another series of shows I suppose that we just recently launched as part of a different podcast Mm -hmm. that is the data Point podcast that Greg Matthews, our friend Greg, does. He's doing a little show about telemedicine, or like a mini series, so
0: to speak. Yes, we released three episodes last week, special editions, if you will, of Data Point, all around the American Telemedicine Association's annual conference, kind of in promotion of that. And so there'll be another one Uh, by the time you hear this. I think there'll be four, could be more. I'm kind of losing track. So there's a lot of great content there. So be sure. To, to tune in, not only to his weekly show, but some of those extra ones, you'll see them in the same feed. So you don't have to go look for it anywhere else. Uh, if you subscribe to his show, you will get those. And so that's, uh, that's cool. And look forward to you know, even more content he may be bringing back from that conference. As we wind it down, uh, what about a recommendation for today? Well, Reed, I'm
2: going to recommend something that you can only get on Spotify. You know that you can find our podcast on Spotify, and in fact, Spotify aggregates many podcasts out there. But did you know that they're creating their own versions of of podcasts that are only available exclusively through Spotify? Oh, really? Very interesting. And not surprisingly, the ones that they're doing are, are, are going to be around music because that's kind of their original domain, right? So um, they just recently came out with a, a podcast I've been listening to that's exclusively on Spotify. It's called Stay Free, The Story of the Clash. It's the rise and fall of the clash in you know, post-punk London, I suppose. This show is narrated by Chuck D. from Public Enemy. Oh, wow which is amazing he draws a lot of parallels between punk and the rise of the clash which really introduced uh reggae and world beat music into punk and create this new kind of sound and he talks about how it's very similar to what he was doing when he was with public enemy Mm. and uh it has a lot of audio clips interview clips music of course and get this they released a whole playlist of songs that were either influencing the clash or influenced by the clash. And they say that you can listen to this, this playlist, which has at least 400 songs on it. And they say you can listen to it while you know, before or after you're listening to this podcast. So anyway, my recommendation this week is stay free. The story of, of the clash, a Spotify only podcast.
0: Very cool. I'm going to go with something a little bit different. We talked about project management for just a second earlier. This one kind of, I guess, maybe falls into that, but it's a it's a SaaS product. It's a web based uh, kind of collaboration product, and so people have used things like all oh, different uh, project management tools and you know different kind of web based things. Well, this is actually a visual collaboration tool. It's actually called Miro. M I R O Miro Miro. Uh, it was formerly called Realtime Board. Uh, some people may have heard of it. The basic piece of it is free. Uh, if you want some of the integrations, like if you want to integrate with Google Docs or Slack or something like that, obviously you kind of pay for, for some of those types of things. But what it will allow you to do is like brainstorming, customer journey mapping, wireframe, sprint planning. Uh, retro uh, uh, perspectives, uh, some different things like that. And so, again, if you just kind of want to use it as a canvas and collaborate and that kind of thing for free, you can have unlimited team members, five boards, pre-made templates, some of those types of things. I think there is some integration, uh, but if you want some of the, I think some of the additional integration pieces, uh, you can do that. Anyway, you can turn some of this actually into, what we would call PowerPoint slides. I happened across their booth at South by Southwest and it's just a really interesting tool uh, if if you're into that kind of thing. Wow, this is awesome.
2: I'm taking a look at this now. I mean, I was just thinking we do do whiteboards in our office all the time. But this is like taking it in a way where you can do it with different teams that are maybe not in the same physical space. Oh, this is amazing. I'm going to dig into this.
0: Yeah, and it's like you can zoom in and out. Anyway, it's kind of hard to explain without looking at it. So I, I would encourage you to go. They've got a video kind of on their homepage that probably does a, a much better job of explaining this tool than, than I can. But anyway, go check it out. Uh, especially those that are interested in, in kind of wireframes and project development.
2: We'll put the link of the show notes. That's a uh, realtimeboard.com, right?
0: Well, awesome. Good, uh, good part one of two. Encourage you to, to, to be sure to come back next week. Like we know you will, but, uh, Again, thanks for the support. Thanks for uh, subscribing and telling a friend. Let us hear from you. Let us hear from you online. We certainly want to hear what you'd like for us to talk more about. For Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.